thank all of you for being here today. We're going to go to the Word of God this morning. We're going to close out this series today because as you know, we're going to find out all about happiness next week. And I don't want you to miss it. We've got some amazing things planned for you next week. And uh, we'll be changing some seating in here. Our champion kids have a new ministry area. And it's going to be unbelievable. And I'll tell you all about that by the time that we're finished today. What I wanted to do today is start reading the Word of God to you. And I know normally I'll give you a couple verses and just, uh, you know, flip it around and do all kinds of things. Today I just want to read the Bible to you for a moment. Is that okay? Yes. And uh, what I want us to do is listen to... The voice of the Heavenly Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, as you listen uh, to the verses that I'm going to read to you. Because I I want you to understand this morning something very valuable at the end uh, of the last week of I Love the 90s. Something that's very important for us to grab a hold of this morning. Are you ready? I'm going to be in the Message Bible. Eugene Peterson, the man of God, he, he summed up the Bible and wrote... His, his interpretation of the Bible in an amazing way. Um, I love the King James Version. I read a lot of the NIV. I use the Living Bible as well. But today, I want to read to you very quickly from the Message Bible. If you've never read it, it's fascinating. Basically, he took the Bible and put it into present terms that you and I can completely understand. And I love the way that he says this. It's pretty long. We're going we're to read about a chapter and a half. And uh, this might be the most we've ever read in church, uh, but I want to set this up, and I think it's, if you can't read the Bible in church, uh, where can you read it? Praise God. So I want you to follow along on the screen with us as, as our wonderful tech team is going to put this up here. We're going to be in Ephesians 1. This is, a, this is Paul, and, and this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture here. This is why I'm going to take the moment uh, as we begin to start Uh, With this understanding, I might stop a few times, but let us go here to Ephesians 1. This is the Apostle Paul speaking here to the faithful believers in Ephesus. And he's setting this up as a letter to this church, and I believe what God is trying to get you and I to understand is his heart for you, and our hearts for him. Amen? So we're going to be in verse 4, and we are going to start, it says, long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. I received that, church, that I would be made holy. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving. Come on, Tom Weiss, where are you? Lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, His blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people. Free, listen to this church, free from penalties and and punishments chalked up by our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, but abundantly free. Someone say abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything that we could possibly need. Letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together. Everything. Friends, today we live in a world where everything is kind of broken apart. 
But Christ says that he will bring everything together. That, that, that in the body of Christ, that we are, we are no longer a certain color, a certain race, a certain, um, a, a certain attitude, but we are one in Jesus. Amen? And it says here, he set all this up, a long-range plan, and brought us together and summed up in him everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet Earth. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Yes. I'm going to read that again. Yes. Because some of us wrestle with who we are and what we're supposed to do in the world around us. Listen, clarity comes when you realize that in Christ we find out who we are yes. and what we are living for. Did you know that? Yes. Right. You will find more hope and understanding and wisdom and guidance for your future yes. when you understand that the answers reside in Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen. He had his eye on us. He had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and in everyone. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, yes. this message of your salvation, you found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the yes. Holy Spirit. This signet from God is the first installment on what's coming. A reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us a, praise, a praising and glorious life. It says here in verse 15, That's why, when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus, and your outpouring of love to other followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I'd think of you and give thanks. But I do more than that. I ask, I ask the God of our Master, Lord Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent. Man, isn't that awesome? God's plan is to create in you an intelligence, an understanding, friends, of the world around you, a bigger picture of the world that we live in, a bigger picture of, of, of the difficulties that we can so focus on in our everyday life. Jesus produces this intelligence in us to cause us to be free to understand. And it says here, and discerning and knowing him personally. We can know Jesus personally, friends. Yes. This is not some distant God that we serve. Man. That we don't that we fully don't under, uh, understand or he doesn't understand us. This is a relationship. Yes. It says keep your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. It says here, all this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death, from the death, and set him on a throne in deep heaven, in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. I want to tell you, God is in control. Yes. Over all galaxies, over all nations, over all governments. You know that God's in control. Yes. And certainly we might look today and go, God, where are you in the, in the government? Where are you with, with, with all of the things that are happening? But listen, there will be a moment where God takes full control. Right now, he is allowing you and I to live and choose him and choose life. Thank you. Says here, and not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all and has the final word on everything. At the center of all of this, listen, friends, Christ rules the church. Who is the church? We are. 
Christ is the center of our lives. He rules the church and, and, and helps us in our decision making. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. But the world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. Listen, friends, I want to say something to you today. That in your life, and this is Education 101, I'm sorry I got the chalkboard out, and uh, I just want to tell you that what must be in the center of your life and what you're focused on is, is not the world, right? right? And the church is some little down here, some little two-hour, hour-a-week thing called the church, this little weak entity that doesn't make decisions, that doesn't understand what to do. But And, and, and a lot of times people center their lives on the world and everything that's going on in their own life and in their, their mind, and all of a sudden this thing looks real big. And this thing looks real scary. And this thing looks real crazy. And when we look at this thing, we think, what in the world is going on? Is it just me? What in the world is going on? The Bible says that it's very different in the kingdom of God. And today I want to reveal to you and remind you of some things that you need to understand. The church, friends, must be... The center of our lives, right? And then the world, and this is wet, so this is not working. The world, and you guys can't really see that, but I'm sorry. The world is peripheral. The world is down here. If you and I can understand something, that the person that dictates and, 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 and speaks in our lives is Jesus. Why? Because he runs our lives. He helps us, he motivates us, he encourages us. And out of that, we will be able to take care of everything that's going on in the world, right? Because the church is the center of our lives. Why do we come and serve? Why do we come and set up on Friday for you all? Why do we come and bust our rear ends to make it look nice and turn this cafetorium into a church? Why do we spend time counseling and loving and encouraging and telling people about Jesus and, and, and doing all these things? Why? Because Jesus gave us our marching orders. Why? Because the church is the center of our lives. That, this is what happens, guys. Church, this is what happens when Jesus comes into your life and changes your heart, changes your attitude, brings understanding and wisdom and knowledge into your life. And what I find is that when people put the world as the center of their lives, they make decisions based on how the world would make decisions. We're not called to do that, friends. We're called to see differently. The Bible says that in the process of sanctification, which means that God is, is taking us and sanctifying, sanctifying our lives, which means setting us apart, which means growing us. In the process of that, we are able to deal with the difficult things that happen. We're able to deal because we see the heavenly way of doing things. We see the God-filled way of doing things. So the church, right, Jesus, is the head of this entity. The hope of the world is the local church. Did you know that? Yeah. The hope of the world is the local church. I'm right, sorry. Right. It's no government, right? right? It's no nation on earth. Right. It's no race on earth. Right. It, is, it, it is the understanding that Jesus is in control. And I want to be friends right here. 
I want to be right here. Every decision I make must be in, in, in with an idea and an understanding that it's the kingdom of God. And that Jesus is guiding and directing my life. When something bad happens, I don't say, oh man, uh, well, how could this happen? What's going on? I say, God, tell me what it is you want me to learn in this. God is bigger than my situation, friends. And let me read this this uh, the end of this verse here. We're going to go to chapter 2 and just read a few here. Watch this and let this just simmer, right? Let this just, I want you to just baste in this understanding like a good steak would do in the refrigerator five hours before you cook it. You know what I'm screaming? Okay, praise God. It, listen to this, friends. you got to hear this. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. Can anybody relate? You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. What? You, you let the world, this little insignificant thing in your life, you let the world tell you how to live, what to think, what to believe. You post on Facebook everything that the world tells you to do. We follow people, right, in the world that have no clue how to live this life. When they're on TV, when they're in music, when they're in life, we post about them, how great they are, what they look like. We post pictures about them. We want to meet them. We want to come on, friends. We want to do all these things. And, 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 and the Bible clearly tells us, guys, you let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. You fill your mind with disobedience. And then, and then what do you expect, my friends? That you would exhale disobedience. Because all that you put in is now coming out of you. Man, this is a, this is a, this is a good sermon, somebody. Praise God. Thank you so much. This is a great sermon. Why? Because it's the Word of God. It's nobody else but Jesus in this whole thing. Your lungs were filled. Polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. That's in the Bible. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't come up with this, right? This wasn't my ideas. for that. I was going to preach something different today. But here, but here you have it. Listen to this. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper. But listen to this. Instead, someone say instead. Instead, instead immense in mercy and with an incredible love. He embraced us even in our filth. Even in our disobedience, even in the struggles of our relationship in our marriages, even in our relationships to our family members, how messed up that could be, praise God. Even in our relationships at work, right? Jesus still looked at that, friends, and he said, I am coming in my immense love. What? I didn't deserve that. You didn't deserve this. None of us, friends, deserve this. And with an incredible love, it says he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Amen. And then he picked us up and set us down in highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Man, that's worthy to be praised right there. 
Now God has us right where he wants us. With all the time in the world and, and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus, saving it all, his idea and all of his work, all we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's, it's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. Did you know that? Yes. It's not about you. It's about Jesus that lives inside of you. If we did, we would probably go around bragging that we did, we did uh, the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Listen to this, church. Work we had better be doing. I just want to tell you in, in this scripture here, Paul lays it out for you and I today that Jesus did all of this. That with his immense love, he's given you himself and, and he's given you salvation. He's given you a new experience and a new, and a new wisdom and a new knowledge. He's helped you see what you don't see. He's brought vision to your life. And the great thing about this is at the very end, he comes to us and he says, now I want you to get busy. And it's not a matter of works. It's a matter of us loving God so much that he would come into our lives and, and out, out of the outpouring of love in us, we would tell people about the good news of Jesus. And, and church, let me tell you something. We would fight the good fight of faith. You know, my wife and I today, we celebrate 17 years of marriage. And let's get my wife again. She put up with me that long. And, and I want to say this because there have been some fights. There have been some struggles over, yeah, yeah, over 17 years, friends. And, and I just want to encourage you, it's not easy. But as we were, we were hanging out and, and, and spending time with each other, you know, I'm so thankful that she loves me. <laughs> and I'm so thankful that I love her deeply. And I'm so thankful that over 17 years, it's not like, it's not, it, it, it's almost as if your love and your capacity to love continues to grow. Yes. It's not that you, like when I started out with her at the very beginning, I, I loved her, but I didn't know her very well, you know? Like, we had still dated for four years, and, and we, we, we did all these things, and, 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 and at the moment I, we get married, I'm like, now i got to really figure out who this person is. And I'll tell you today, I'm not much further along in that relationship, but I'm doing my best, friends, to allow her and I to grow and understand each other 17 years of marriage, but I will tell you, I will fight every day to show her that I love her, to show her that I, I really love being with her, want to be with her. We're called to be together to do ministry in a great way. I always tell you that she is my better half. There is a, an important thing that you need to understand about love for our Heavenly Father, love for our spouse, love for our family members, people in our lives. It means that we got to fight the good fight. Yes. That we actually have to get up and, and work hard at loving and growing in that love. Yes. You know, I've heard a state, statement that, that, that um, I, I've said a lot. If you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Yes. And what I always do when I wake up and say, God, I, I stand for you. I stand as a representative of you. I stand as a representative of my wife and our relationship together. And everything that I want to do is, is show my great deep love for my wife and for the Lord. 
And, and I'm encouraged today that there are some key things that I want to share with you in the short time that we have together this morning and, and, and that I believe will help you in this. And that is that you and I must understand that there, there is a simple equation that will help us in our relationship to the Lord and to the church, which is the center of our lives. That you and I are called to do great things in the kingdom of God. But there is something that, that I want to share with you today that I, I think will help. Um, if you are passive, right? Passive does not equal progress. Okay? If you are passive in your relationship to the Lord, if you're passive in your relationship to His church, which He is leading, if you're passive in your, your, your walk with Him and your love for Him, right? You will never actually have any progress in your life. You will not move it. And what we've talked about from the very beginning over these last five weeks is the verse here in 2 Peter 3.18. Peter says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. I want to encourage you, friends, that we are called to grow. We're called to progress in our relationship to the local church and our relationship to our co-workers, our employees, and all the people that we work with. Why? So that their lives would change and so that you can help defeat the enemy in their lives. What does the enemy do? He comes to destroy. You know that anytime you try to grow, you will face opposition. Did you know that? This, this is the issue here. You know what my daughter wrote me last night at 11.45, Little Finley, right here, right? I'm not going to tell you how she spelled everything, because that doesn't matter. What's important is what's in this message. She says, Dear Dad, 11.45 tonight. I'm like, go to bed. Here, I wrote you a note. I'm like, okay, come stay with me. <laughs> Dear Dad, you are going to do great on your sermon tomorrow, okay? You are going to do great on your sermon tomorrow. Go and kick some devil booty. And she wrote but, and she, she marked it out. Because she wanted me to know to go kick some devil butt tomorrow in church. My beautiful, soft 10-year-old understands something greater than most people that walk on the face of the earth. That is that our jobs, friends, are to kick the devil's butt in your life. Like, I don't just come up here and, and, and try to put together some fascinatingly deep sermon about all of these things. What my goal is, is that I would kick the devil out of your life. That, that I would help you understand that you are more than powerful with Jesus' help to do anything that you're called to do. And, and, and my daughter summed it up, because let me tell you something, uh, Finley understood the why behind why we get up here and preach. She understands the why by, by, behind why we go out and tell people about Jesus. Why? why? Because if, if they're stuck in their sin, sin equals death. And what, what the devil does is he comes and brings, brings uh, dissension and division, and he, and he brings... Um, uh, deception into our lives to kill us. Yes. My job every Sunday morning by the time that we're done is to help you understand that there is a way that, that, that God has for your life that's different. Yeah. That you will go from death 
to life. That, that I would help you kick the devil's rear end in your life for you to understand you don't have to live bound to him. You don't have to live bound in sin and death. But Jesus, it runs all of this, guys. He runs all of this and he's there to help us. We will face opposition. And Finley understands that. See, I believe that if you understand the why, that your what will work. It doesn't matter what the what is. God's going to come and help you. Thank you. See, because what, time, what happens is I counsel people, and they'll come in and they'll tell us all the what's. Man, it's, I, this happened to me. This was messed up. My husband doesn't do this for me. My wife doesn't do this. All of these things, my relationships at work, I don't like my job. All of the what's begin to overwhelm the, the conversation. And I want to encourage you, friends, that today we must understand the why. Why do we do this? Why do we have the opportunity to live in freedom? Because the enemy is out to kill and steal and destroy our lives. And if we forget about why we do this, we can easily be consumed in what is happening around us. I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to worry so much about what is happening. I want you to focus on why we are here, why we get up on Sunday mornings and come to church, why Jesus fills our lives with himself, why he wants to use us to change the world. What is the why in your life? If you will understand the why, all the what's will understand, will work themselves out. And we see here that, that, that being passive does not help us deal and grow in progress in our lives. But let me tell you what, 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 what actually helps you and I make a decision that will change us. We must be, and I hope you guys can see this, we must be proactive. Proactive equals progress, right? When you are proactive in your life, and you work hard at telling people the good news, and you work hard at loving Jesus, and you be, he begins to speak to you, to challenge you outside of a Sunday morning. Why? Because he runs the church, right? Because he runs your life. Who's the church? You and I. Jesus is speaking to you every day. Are you listening? Are you listening to the voice of your Heavenly Father? Is he speaking to you? Or is your life filled with the busyness of life? What do you focus on today? Is the world... The biggest thing in your frame. Everything that you do, does it revolve around what the world does? How the world thinks? I think if we're going to get busy changing and growing, this is what this whole five weeks has been about. Paul, Peter asks us that we would grow. Paul tells us that we can grow in Jesus. This is God's plan working through us. If we can do that, then everything that happens from here on out will revolve around the kingdom of God and His plans and His purposes. You know, I grew up with a family that prayed about everything. I'm sorry, that's just the family God put me in. But the one thing that they understood was that Jesus had to be in everything. Yes. Right? And when I say I'm sorry, because some of you didn't grow up in that family. Some of you had difficult lives. And you would look at your life and your past and go, why, am I, why was I there? Why did you have to put me in that family? Why did that situation happen? And all of a sudden, 
things of the world begin to overtake our minds. We begin to fear. We begin to doubt. We begin to worry because all of a sudden we begin to put the world and all that's done to us in the center of our hearts. When I go to bed at night, friends, I'm like, God, let me see your peace in this. Let me see your wisdom in this. Let me see your knowledge in this situation. Because if I focus on the earth, I will be, I will be completely sidetracked from why I'm doing this. It's interesting because next week we're going to be changing a little bit of the look and our champion, our kids. Are, we're going to be Fountains Fellowship next week. And, and we're going to have a new logo and a, and a new name up here. And, and all of these amazing things in, in our partnership with the Fountains Fellowship, we're going to begin to do more and more than we've ever done for the community Amen. because of our partnership, friends. And there's a lot of specific details that sometimes I can be overwhelmed with. Jesus always tells me, Sam, why are you doing this? I want to ask you, why are you here? What, what makes you get up on a Sunday morning before the football day begins at noon, right? I mean, what, what brought you here today? My hope, friends, is that your why is because Jesus came into your life and changed you. Gave you a hope in a future. Gave you an understanding that people at home right now don't even get. My hope is that you and I would understand that the devil would love to have those people for himself. Yes. And you and I have a mighty opportunity in the days and weeks to come that says, God, let me realize and understand that why and let me run the race that you've called me to run. Yes. This is what I feel like God wants to say to you and I this morning. Yes. I want you to read God's word and I want you to put the church, friends, the church. What, what does that mean? I want you to be a part of the dream team. I want you to come and set up on a Saturday morning. Not because it's hard to do. And we love getting up early on a Saturday morning. And we love moving heavy chairs. Right? And we love setting up yeah. kid stuff. And we love setting up pipe. Not because of any of that. But because the why is that there are people that are far from God that need Jesus, and our hope is that they will come and sit in the seat that you're in. Amen. Yeah. And that you and I would serve them. Yeah. That you and I would love them, and we would pour out our hearts, and we would pray for these people. Yeah. Yeah. And friends, not only would we pray, because for some of us, we can be focused on just praying for people. Praying better equate to you doing something. Right. Let us pray. But let us get busy. Loving people, serving people, yeah. being generous to people, paying for people's food, yeah. paying for their gas, loving people, opening the door for people. Let us actually be champions in the world around us. Yes. Friends, it doesn't matter what name we have. We are called to be champions in the world around us. Right. To set the example of what it means to champion the cause of Christ for people that are far from Jesus. Yeah. This is what we're about. This is what we will always be about. Winning the lost and new lives being changed and transformed. Their eyes being opened. When they were once dead and full of sadness and no hope and discouragement, Jesus provides them an opportunity, if they will receive it, to come to life. So that the enemy would stop whooping them day in and day out. Can I encourage you? 
that if the enemy is whooping you today in an area of your life, Jesus is the answer. Amen. And you can say, well, that's easy for you to say. It's not easy for me to say. I have a target on my back just as big as the target on your back. Every day I have to get up and make a decision that I will beat the enemy off my children, that I will beat the devil's rear off of my wife, that I will beat the devil's rear off of you all. Why? So that you can come alive in Jesus and produce good works, right? Produce good things. To grab a hold of the why of Jesus, right? I mean, guys, this is real life. And what's so great is that Jesus comes as we make Christ and God's house the center of our life. And as we get busy being proactive, and as we get busy doing that, we will all of a sudden, five years down the road, look and feel completely different. Because Jesus has opened our lives. I want Dane to come this morning. And pray, just play a little pretty song, Dane. Pretty song. We must choose the truth of God's word above all else. Deception equals destruction and truth equals freedom. The Bible says in John 8, 32 that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This is what we're doing today. God would set you free to do great things. I have a quick story in closing today. It's so valuable that you're proactive in your ministry and your encouragement to other people. You have family members here that aren't even here this morning. And you're stressing about it. Why didn't my child come to church? Why doesn't my, my wife come to church? Why is my husband? What, why, what is going on in these relationships? And I want to tell you a story that kind of helps me understand how important it is to share the gospel and the good news to people that are dying. You know, I went, went to a summer camp one time and was playing music there, my wife and my cousin, and I think my sister Sarah came and to visit us for that concert. And uh, it was out in the woods. Anybody ever been to a camp out in the woods? So my wife and I are running through this, these woods to get to this new place, this new little pavilion where we were playing, right? And we run through this woods, and all of a sudden we come upon this beehive. And I really didn't see it. I'm just cooking through the woods, man. Trees are flying, you know. We're, we're just running through, just having a blast, kind of running this little trail. We get to this place where there's a bunch of bees, and what do we do? We run. And we, we apparently stirred these bees up, and we are running as fast as we could past that, right? And we end up getting past, and everything's great. Well, we didn't, we didn't get stung. We're like, man, praise God, man. We, we didn't, you know, God is good, whatever. Who knows? We were just like, let's go play. Let's go have a good time. Well, lo and behold, friends, my cousin Jim rolls up about five minutes later. And all of a sudden, we hear off in the distance. Some, what we thought was a girl, screaming her, his head off in the middle of the woods. And all of a sudden, something dawns on me. We forgot to call my cousin Jim and tell him of the beehive waiting for him. He runs through the beehive and he's stung all over his hands. His hands are swollen up as he's swatting bees 
that are infesting his whole being, right? As he's running through the woods, screaming like a schoolgirl, man. And I remember thinking, I am the most rotten individual in the world. That's my cousin, right? I would be so upset if somebody didn't tell me that there was a beehive waiting for me. And I, I, I just kind of like, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't remind him that we had just ran up and stirred those bees up five minutes before. But I felt so bad that I could have saved my cousin from about 15 bee stings in that one moment. All that I had to do, friends, was be proactive. All that I had to do was say something. All that I had to do was speak up. Instead of being in my own world, say, you know what? I understand the why that I'm doing this because I want to save my cousin from a lot of heartache, a lot of trials, a lot of things that he doesn't need to go through. If I would have just said, hey, Jim, don't go that way. I want to say to you something, friends. We're about to be a Founds Fellowship Fort Worth next week when you walk into this place. And we will continue to bust our rear ends to fight the good fight of faith. To fight the good fight for people that need Jesus. And this is my challenge to you and I. That today, as we move into this new season as a church, we move into this great partnership as a church with Pastor Don and Pastor Kathy and the whole church. As we come together as, as one church in two locations... God's going to begin to put us in places we've never been before. Amen. God's going to bring people to this location to receive Jesus, to receive their marching orders, and get busy preaching and teaching the Word of God to people that are far from Him. This is exciting, friends. This is why Finley told me, I want you to do great on your sermon and kick the devil's booty. What we're gonna do, friends? I want you to stand your feet this morning. Come on, I don't have. I could talk for another three hours, but you know what? I think I think I said all I need to say. Jesus loves you. The Word of God is it is sharper than uh, any sword, anything that you can have in your life, and it brings life to you. I want to pray for you this morning. You would grab a hold of the understanding of, of, of the abilities Jesus has given you and the opportunity He has given you to change the world. Can we do this? I want us to lift our hands to Jesus this morning. And collectively, I want to say, Jesus, count me in this morning. I don't care where you've been yesterday. I don't care what the enemy's trying to do to you, the lies and the deception that he's tried to fill your heart with. But today is your day. Today is the new day of salvation. Jesus has come that you and I might grab a hold of it and tell everybody we know about what he's done in our lives. Let us pray to God. And he would fill us with his love. Dear Lord, we honor you today. God, we love you. We praise you for this day that you have created. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Father, I pray over your people that as we lift our hands, we say, count us in, God, that we will do this thing, that we will be passionate about your church, about the church that you run and you lead, God. Thank you for guiding and directing our lives and bringing clarity to our hearts today. Thank you that we can run the race set before us because you are in control, because you have everything that you need. God, I thank you 
for what you're doing in the hearts of your people today, those that are far away from you, that they would grab a hold of your uh, excitement and your passion and your desire to share the good news, to defeat the, the plans of the enemy and the lives of their family members and the lives of their friends and the lives of their spouse, God, and the lives of their relationships, God. Be real in your people's lives today and tomorrow and the next and the next, God. Thank you for what you've done in our hearts today. And we give you praise, Jesus. And we give you glory for what you're doing today. We honor you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap.